Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Oh, and welcome to another episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Charles. That's Audie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jenna. I'm Chris. And uh, we got kind of a fun show, I think, planned today. Um, uh, we all got together recently um, on the veranda um, and uh, at, at our place here. And we watched uh, an oldie uh, sci-fi comedy earth girls are easy and um i had actually never seen that before but i think who else jenna you've seen it you'd seen it oh yeah and chris just, had you it, seen it i have not seen it okay and charles i i i saw it when i was a younger person okay what about but you? I, I didn't remember that much of it audio had you seen it uh only the first part where they landed in the pool <laughs> okay just that far anymore. <laughs> Good. Dang it. I think right. most people probably would have turned it off at that point, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so I'm interested, I guess, in uh, those of you that had seen it before. I'm assuming that it was a long time ago. How did the, how did viewing it now compare with your memory of what it was when the first time you saw it? Was it better, worse? Better because it was worse than what I remembered. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. Because like, I knew it was a goofy show and there's a lot of jokes that I thought I understood. And now 10 years later, no, probably. Because obviously I didn't see it when it came out because yeah. it would have been five. Came out in 88, <laughs> 89, yeah. I saw it in college and I was like, oh, that's funny. And now like in my 30s, I really get the jokes and I'm like... <laughs> Oh my God, it's right. brilliant. <laughs> right. So uh, it stars uh, Gina Davis, Jeff Goldblum, Jim Carrey, and Damon Wayans. And uh, one of the things we talked about as we were watching it was that uh, uh, Jim Carrey uh, really didn't have to act in it at all. He just had to be himself, right? Neither did, Gold, neither did Goldblum. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, two two out of the three main aliens in this basically uh, play themselves. If they if they were to keep their their makeup on for the whole show, you would kind of figure out who they are, yeah. Um, yeah. just because of the way that they act. But yeah, Jim Carrey especially was the uh, same kind of goofy self from Ace Ventura, from The Mask, all, all of his old uh traditional kind of comedies that he's done it's 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 him to a t it is yeah you can see the you can see the genesis of all those later instances of him in movies in this movie right yeah um, you know i have to wonder if this was how he met damon waynes i'm guessing because of the comedy scene because jim Carrey used to do stand-up they probably already knew each other because then after this, because like very in living color, in living color started in 1990. Mm. 
So okay. you have to know they were starting to pitch and this movie might have actually with their acting in the comedy might have helped them with that. Because it seemed to somehow didn't hurt them. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Surprisingly. Looks well, at their uh, resume. Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Somebody want to give us a, a quick synopsis of the uh, the plot? Chris, Jenna? <laughs> uh, basically, three fuzzy aliens who have been in space way too long and looking for action accidentally uh, get themselves crashed into the swimming pool of a valley girl. Uh, Played by Gina where, Davis. Yep, of a valley girl stylist who who uh, is it's obviously the height of... <laughs> 80s uh going into 90s pop culture that's an understatement but the musical kick <laughs> yes, right. and if you're if you're triggered by uh by gender stereotypes don't watch it right i laughed at them but yeah <laughs> that's you, that's yeah you can't go into this with a serious mind that that you know take into account this was made in 1988 right um there's going to be some things that people kind of would shake their head at today or get a little bit uh, upset about but you have to go into this with a little bit of an open mind of the timing that this was made up it's very sure. 80s just yes very 80s um yeah it was it was uh on that note you know it was kind of a is this a musical or a movie or what is this and that for a period of time when you're watching it you forget that it was it's a musical and then it goes back to being a musical so uh it's very interesting in that respect yeah i mean when it's over i was still kind of asking what was it really yeah yeah but it was funny yeah it was it was funny so i think i think our reaction here is pretty much what you'd expect from this movie it wasn't um when it wasn't you, when comedy it first starts out yeah the first five minutes of the movie uh my my impression was are we seriously going to watch these fuzzy aliens like <laughs> this, this this weird uh poorly put together spaceship set uh <laughs> You know, it, it, it was all very bizarre. And then once it once they crash land on Earth, uh, which somehow miraculously happens through some kind of weird broken thing on the ship and they happen to crash right where they kind of wanted to be. That was all kind of weird. Uh, but it's 1980s. It's Jeff Goldblum. It's it's Jim Carrey. It's Damon Wayans. Uh, I mean, don't know, forget, like, Chris, throw, so throw something out there, see what they do. The force <clears throat> didn't destroy her house. And yes. Her. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The whole thing was just—it uh, was pretty interesting. Uh, I think it started out a little bit uh, weird, but then it kind of pulled itself together for the rest of the movie. Uh, kind of gave you a little bit of a plot to work with, and uh, the actors running around doing the weird things that they were doing. Again, kind of playing themselves. Uh, I don't know if it was if it was you, Jenna, or somebody had mentioned that you know Jeff Goldblum in this movie is basically playing himself from. Thor Ragnarok it's the same guy uh you know just on a different planet basically uh and and I felt like I was pretty true Jeff Goldblum basically plays himself in a lot of other movies so and you know it's the type of movie that it's it's meant to be watched in a group so you could do a mystery science theater 3000 commentary I feel like and and we did (laughs) yeah I I think that I think that's 100% correct it was I would not probably, and I watch just about everything to be clear. I watch it good or bad. I watch just about everything. But what got me through that You've movie, seen Twilight for God's sakes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so uh, what got me through that movie was the group setting that we had. 
Um, so we were able to enjoy it with friends, uh, you know, good food, drinks or what have. And uh, that really what sold it for me. That was kind of an experience that you share with other friends. So you have that open dialogue commentary while you're watching it. If you don't have that, it, it can be very, very, very hard, even for me, just to sit there and watch the whole thing. Yeah. I watch it, everything. I can make it through it, being in a group. What's that, Adi? It helped me get through watching yeah. it in the group. <laughs> You should have watched it before, but tuned out when they hit the when they crash landed in the pool. So you didn't get very far in at all. No. <clears throat> and Charles, you'd never seen it before, you said, or you, oh no, you had. I, I I believe I did see it probably shortly after it was out. Yeah. I I I, I remember a lot of the that, scenes. But what's that? I said it was that memorable that you're. Yeah, no, I, I I do not remember the experience of watching it though. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's just one. I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was kind of a. Kind I'd of agree. A I, I don't think it'd be very much fun to watch alone. No, it was a good light-hearted movie to watch with a group. A mm -hmm. uh, lot of lot of opportunity to uh, pipe in with some quips uh, appropriate to the scene that you're watching. That sort of thing. Um, yeah, well, and some of it's just fun. Those of us that uh, lived through the eighties, <laughs> right? Somehow, exactly. This is this is kind of a fun movie just to just to reflect back on. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it kind of it definitely watching it. You understand why they refer to uh, the eighties as the decade of cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, there were no cell phones back then, so you had to do something. I guess so. But it's funny when you look at how, how, what was the progression of this? Because Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum ended up being in a lot of movies together compared to, um, you know, almost like mm -hmm. a Guy Ritchie scenario because you see a lot of the same actors in this movie. Because first they did a comedy in 85 called Transylvania 6 5000. Yep. Right. Which was, which I thought was fun. And then, and it's got a good comedic staff. Uh, cast and then she does the fly which is crazy how she went from that to a more serious sci-fi role for a role with jeff goldblum in the fly and yeah. then they did this right so it's like he doesn't try pretty you can act let's just throw it in here <laughs> I, I remember watching the transylvania six five thousand but he doesn't turn into a creature on that one too does he no, he's one of the report tabloid reporters. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I was just contemplating whether or not it was just a thing of his. Turning into creatures? Well, I mean, this one, he's an alien that needed to be uh, shaved and powdered or whatever. <laughs> right. right. And, it, uh, and then in The Fly. Yeah. Oh, The Fly. Oh, my God. I hated that movie. Oh, it was a wonderful movie. Oh, it was creepy. I was just saying, I kind of want to watch that one uh, again. It's been a long time for me. It still, it still uh, ekes me out. Um, I know. It's been Twenty years. We might have to do that as a backyard movie night or longer. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That should definitely be on the docket. Uh, right. I don't know if Gina or, or Katie Otten can handle that one. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. All right. Yeah, Katie. Katie's not a big uh, big fan of horror films at all. Definitely more into the lighthearted comedy. I think. Uh, yeah, the, the ending might make her cry. 
then it might. <laughs> and I love how, uh, you know, these aliens, so they're all covered in hair, right? And uh, they get shaved off, and then there are these big hulks, these hot dudes, you know? And I know. This, this whole nightclub scene where everybody's hitting on them. And the funny thing is, of course, because they're aliens, they don't speak any English, but they're great at mimicking sounds they hear. So they pick up key phrases that they just utter back at different times, which is kind of hilarious. Especially from, you know, watching TV and ads and things like that. That was right. a funny scene. Yeah. Right. They're getting their education. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I feel like the scale of what they added in terms of the mimicking, it's like Jeff Goldblum, they did 100% audio work after they filmed him. Damon Wayans, I could see they probably only had to do 50%. Because I could see him being able to mimic, like to do it funny for the audio. Right. And then Jim Carrey was probably like 98% just him making those noises back. <laughs> yeah, right. There's like no audio work. They're like, okay, we need you to Jim Carrey scene. And the guy in the audio effects is like, oh, thank God. Oh, it's going to be a light day. <laughs> yeah. I can take my lunch break while we speed through that. Yeah. So there's the yeah. three of them in there. I mean, look, look at Jim Carrey. It's just, it's just Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, classic. So, so definitely uh, in terms of a, a throwback party night movie, uh, Galactic Driftwood had a good time, and we highly recommend to our audience that if you just need something fun, light, and not serious, that you don't have to keep up with the plot with your friends. Like it's a good, right, good summer movie night. Uh, it yeah. is. It's not too short. It's not too long. Um, you don't mind yeah, getting up I, and refreshing your plate. Yeah right yep yeah all right cool well um let's move uh move along here um so this weekend in omaha is uh the potter fair so it's a harry potter themed event uh held at the bellevue berry farm and uh linda and i went out and checked it out yesterday afternoon and uh it was pretty nice being able to get out and see uh, some some old friends that we hadn't seen in over a year due to the pandemic. Um, uh, pretty much everybody was maskless, uh, except for the performers. They would wear their mask when they were interacting with people. Um, but other than that, everybody was kind of maskless. Um, it's pretty hot here. We had, uh, uh, we're kind of in the midst of a heat wave. So it was like 90 some two something yesterday. I think. Yeah. Um, so it was a warm one out there, but uh, if you were standing, you know, they got big, trees so you can stand in the shade of the trees and go in and visit uh, a lot of the different shops and um uh we uh, they had uh, they also had some actors performing various skits there doing different things they've got all kinds of vendors uh selling different stuff uh from pottery to uh crafts um there's uh, a scene there where everybody kind of sitting around uh you know, having uh, lunch or whatever and watching a little show up front. Uh, now, so this is, is an cool. interesting scene here. Uh, came across this and uh, decided I had to have one of these for my Dragonborn character when I'm playing D&D. Nice. So, Linda, if you can cut back to the big screen of all of us, I'll show. So there's my, my mug cool. I picked up. So that's for my Dragonborn character, Torin. So he's going to be drinking out of that the next time we we battle at our D and D game. So what's it made out of? Um, well, it's a, it's an aluminum, basically it's an aluminum mug. So you can see the aluminum yeah. inside 
and then it's just covered in these scales, scales that kind of feel plasticky. And I'm not sure what the eyeball eyeballs glass, obviously. That's mm -hmm. cool. But yeah, yeah. So they had a whole bunch of those there, and I saw this one, and I thought, yeah, that's it. So, so now I have feel nice like uh, um, they had the attendance like we would have years past, or does it still feel like? Um, yeah, no, it was pretty. It was pretty crowded. There were quite a few people there. Oh, um, okay. I didn't notice really much difference in the number of people. And um, I mean, maybe a little bit less than what we're used to seeing, but um, I attribute part of that to it being the afternoon and it being um, so hot. Mm -hmm. um, we weren't able to get out there in the morning. When we did, uh, did drive in, you could see that there were cars parked almost all the way to the end of the drive um, driving into the berry farm. So my, my guess is that, uh, it was quite packed in the morning, but when we got okay. there, uh, after lunch, it was about one o'clock. Um, oh, that's a good picture there. Um, probably people trying to beat the heat. <laughs> yeah. I think people were trying to beat the heat when we got there at one o'clock, we were able to drive up and park up near the, the entrance, which was nice. Um, and the crowd was a little bit less, but again, um, not, uh, not, noticeably so it didn't feel empty by any means uh mm -hmm. this was cool so this was a a car featured in one of the harry potter movies that flying car that ron weasley drives and they had it all outfitted with you know some of the um props from the show and things um so that was that was kind of fun uh there were a lot of people in wizard costumes obviously a lot of wand sellers um pretty much all kinds of uh uh, crafts. Uh, I like the the uh, Harry Potter hat made out of leather there that Linda just had up. Uh, where was the one with the uh, the kind of Cthulhu mask? Yeah, that was pretty sweet. And I would say, like, if any of our people who are seeing this there it is. Uh, podcast later see something they really like, because these are generally uh, local or regional artists, you could probably contact the organizers of Potter Fair uh, and send them a screenshot and ask which vendor this was so they can get you in contact with that. You know, we want to keep mm. our local artisans paid. Yeah. So don't be, you know, you could probably find any of the things in these pictures from that vendor pretty easily if you reach out to the organizers through Facebook. Well, this yeah, is... This this is actually a friend of ours from the Steampunk Society of Nebraska who does a lot of steampunk uh, work with leather. His name is Andy Rathburn. And yep. I think it's Andy Rathburn's Den of Iniquities. Something like that. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, I love the uh, the alien chest burster face mask. That is quite, quite cool. Uh, it is. The, um, just to give people an idea. So the, uh, the Cthulhu mask was 500. Uh, the Krampus mask in the middle there was around 230 or 250, I think. And I God, I can't remember what the chest burster was. I think he was a little cheaper even, but, uh, yeah, very cool. Um, does nice work with his leather work. So very cool. Yeah, definitely worth checking him out online. So yeah, it was, it was a fun day yesterday doing that. So kind of nice way to get out and be outside and uh, wasn't too bad, like you say, in the shade, and it was nice to to see people again, kind of be out at a uh, you know con like experience. So mm -hmm. how was everyone's like morale? Did people seem a little scared or unsure, or was did it even? No, everybody was. Like everybody seemed normal. Um, you know, we uh, ran into our uh, friend Renee Roosh. She was uh, 
one of the ones uh, in the mermaid costume there that you saw on, on the screen. Uh, she li actually lives out in Denver, Colorado. She came back for the event and um, she was uh, handing out pearls. She had like a little thing of pearls and she'd give a pearl to all the little kids that came up to meet her. And, um, you know, they didn't seem uh, any more shy than you would normally expect a, a young girl to be when approaching a stranger. So, uh -huh. um, and they were all happy to give the little pearls. And uh, there was quite, uh, quite long lines at the food purveyors. And oh, yeah. uh, I'm not sure if that was mostly people uh, buying water just to rehydrate because it was so warm um, or buying actual food, but- You uh, mean pirate water? Pirate water. <laughs> There'll be pirates here. And the Pirate Fest is uh, coming up. They're going to have that again in August. Can't remember the exact date in August, but if you look, search for it online, you can find that. I and can't so believe you didn't grab one of these dragon tails here, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was looking at them. <laughs> Those are pretty cool. Yeah. Your friend does really nice leather work for sure. He, yeah. he does. He's really good at it. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, so that was a fun deal. Um, and uh, I think we were talking earlier before the show, uh, which was kind of news to me about uh, the Ramada closing. So what do you guys know about that? Um, yeah, speaking of local cons, uh, because, you know, I think all of us were pretty excited to see local conventions and just conventions period come back. And then to hear that one of the main places where, um, uh, you know, you've had a lot of Nebcon and uh, Mystic Fest is being torn down here in Omaha is this kind of a real bummer it, yeah. um, we haven't heard what they're going to do where they're going to go some people have argued it's time because that place just had seen better you know, days seems old. yeah yeah at some point it something just had to be done so yeah. does anybody know what's going in that that spot no no um yeah give me a second because somebody did tell me the other day okay yeah so yeah, while he's looking that up, are there um, other upcoming cons that you guys are looking forward to? Jenna, you got anything on the radar? Oh, I'm always a fan of Pirate Fest. Yeah. Um, and I would be looking for uh, Planet Comic Con this year, but I think, you know, with our situation, we want to maybe try and travel to some new places that we've never been after being cooped up after the pandemic sure. and put our money towards that. Right. You got any exciting plans in that regard or? Well, it's not really con-related. Uh, we wanted oh. to take a week and go to the uh, D.C. to see all the Smithsonian's. Oh, yeah. Because I've never been. And oh, my I've God. Deprived, and that's what we need. <laughs> so yeah. we're going to see that. Lynn and I have um, been out there. That's it's uh, it's an amazing trip. Make sure you get to the uh, Smithsonian Air and Space Museum. They have the, uh, I think that's where the uh, shuttle or the space shuttle Atlantis is. Um, and they have a lot of memorabilia from the space program out there. It's really awesome. Any of the Smithsonian's are great. So if you want to like what I picture the Smithsonian experience to be and Aaron, who's been there said it was great. If you want to go see something closer or the viewers want to go see something closer, uh, the Henry Ford Museum of Innovation uh, in Dearborn, Michigan, which is about, oh, 11 hours away, uh, 10 hours away I drive. Uh, it's it's actually really worth it because the museum could take a day and then they've got 80 extra acres of artisan recreations like blacksmithing, glass blowing, but also these buildings that Ford being the crazy millionaire that he was uh, like 
he brought buildings back to show important um, innovations in technology or architecture. So there's like a colonial home. There's most of Menlo Park from Edison's lab. Huh. Like it's crazy that cool. That would be awesome to see. Yeah. I wonder if any of the billionaires today are doing anything like that. Oh yeah. You no, think they where they're bringing back structures from around the world and re-erecting them in an, in an area? Oh no, I, yeah, that that happens all the time. Really? I think, well, I mean, uh, I know in Seattle, like the, um, there was an optometrist out, the guy that invented the uh, contact lenses. Yeah. That brought in, like brick by brick, it brought in a mansion from Europe. Huh. Kind of redid it, but brought brought all the all the bricks, all the materials over and redid. Yeah, now that was twenty years ago. Wow! Yeah. Oh, is that there's from the Henry Ford Museum. Linda pulled up a picture. Yeah, that's a really cool um, way they 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 use these strings to suspend the different pieces, and then showed the drawings of what they are and and how it was put together. So it becomes more apparent, like. Huh. Talk about how simple the Model T was, but like you take it apart, and obviously it wasn't that simple. Right, right. Huh? Yeah, that's a fascinating way of doing that. But they well, also have like way. Heroes in Flight, where they show they oh, have the the Kitty Hawk. Yeah. And then they have the Wright brothers in this village that I told you about. They took apart and brought back their house. Really. Their bike shop. Huh. Yeah. It's it's pretty intense. They to uh, you know brought back because uh, i didn't know edison was such was so close to henry ford henry ford worked for him for a while huh. yeah i didn't realize and so they that went either. vacation together yeah huh. and you have to wonder if that didn't play into um uh, him out media shining the uh, against tesla having a backer like ford mm-hmm. <laughs> sure it didn't i'm sure it didn't uh, help tesla in any way <laughs> i kind of want to go see this now <laughs> it's worth it um, if you go soon also in detroit because it's not far from detroit they're having an immersive van gogh experience Ooh. that's traveled from france and i really wanted to see it when it was in chicago so um and then you can go to cedar point ohio which is only two hours away you can go ride roller coasters <laughs> nice that'd be fun because that's what we did yeah. So, uh, speaking of cons, going getting back to the main issue, uh, yeah. uh, I'm definitely looking forward to to Pirate Fest and just seeing people and seeing what happens, and and then maybe doing a, a rent fair in one of the you know closer states, see what's going on with that because I missed mm-hmm. that as well, and I missed this year's because you know wedding shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say in the Ramada. No, I can't. It's still so new. Like this was announced last week. So and no, the lack not. of any official news from it, other than you know, people that had events planned there getting told that's what's going on. Uh, maybe it points just the lack of care that people overall have that it's going away. So I, I don't think it's a big surprise for anyone. But uh, um, yeah, there's no official news statement on it. So maybe it's not 100% official yet. But uh, that is the word right now is that that's getting uh, torn down. So uh, but I mean, they, they've had to close it several times in the past years historically to, to, to fix it. And even then, it still wasn't ever really fixed right. Um, so I just think no, there's no interest in that building as it is. So if it gets torn down, we'll see what, what they have planned for it. 
Um, I will note that that area in general where that Ramada Inn is at uh, has seen a lot of newer buildings or renovations in that area. So I don't expect it to stay that way for long. Um, you know, there used to be a gas station there. It was torn down for something else right there. Um, new hotels, new apartment complexes and things like that. So I think I think somebody has plans that they want to use that space for and they're just going to come in there with a better, bigger building or something. So we'll see what happens over the next few years. Interesting. That's where the water park was, though, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there were a lot of a lot of fun cons held there. So hopefully uh, some similar type venue will come back. That will be a. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Home for cons like that. So they had it was nice. They had a lot of open space. They had that big, uh, big open area where they used to have the pool. And then they kind of turned it into more of a just a gathering spot. And, mm -hmm. you know, you could have um, uh, con groups hosting uh, party rooms all around the outside of that thing mm -hmm. um, it was just kind of a great there's there it is there's the indoor space yeah great, it was really cool because it, it, it did provide a lot of different locations to do fun shoots during cons for people in cosplay mm -hmm. yep yep so it's like you hope whatever goes there if they want to bring back these cons because you can't blame some hotels they don't want anything to do with it because it's madness sure <laughs> bunch everyone regresses to a five to ten year old at con <laughs> and you know right right so they don't want that mess but if they come back without a mind to be like the con hotel of the area it'd be cool if they kept that type of environment just maybe more easily uh navigated because right. let's, let's be honest yeah, it, it is amazing you need a freaking map in that hotel Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I'll add to that, that, uh, you know, Omaha in the past few years has been trying to find opportunities to build new things, to attract um, talent, if you will, and, and people from all of the areas. So hopefully they take this as an opportunity if you tear it down to, to think of that going forward, because that does seem to drive a lot of the projects that, that they've been doing over the last decade or so. Uh, trying to bring in talent you know people they want people coming from Kansas City up here instead of people going down to Kansas City for example right. um, so hopefully you know with this news that's getting torn down that they're keeping that in mind and build something up uh, that attracts even more people so not that we need any more traffic at that particular street but <laughs> well whatever they whatever they build there I'm going to make sure Charles signs off on it before I go if Charles won't Don't go count in there, on it. Charles like, yeah, no, I wouldn't go in that building. <laughs> I'm not going in. <laughs> so um, what about you all? Do you all think, um, are you going to go to Planet Comic Con? Is there any steampunk stuff coming back? There's, uh, yeah, there's definitely a huge steampunk uh, convention <clears throat> um, coming back this year. That's uh, TeslaCon held in Madison, Wisconsin. And mm -hmm. um we're definitely going to that. Linda and I and Audie. <laughs> Didn't Audie. they just have a plague theme uh, before the pandemic happened or weren't they supposed to have a pandemic? They theme were. Yeah. Pandemic? Yeah. So um, the, uh, the uh, pandemic canceled uh, the uh, Tesla con in 2021 and it was sort of a uh, uh, war of the world's Mars kind of a theme. Mm -hmm. uh, HG Wells. And so um the uh, way it was going to play out is that the Martians had come and then had released sort of a plague. So most of the populace of the earth was living uh, underground in um, underground rail system, abandoned rail systems and things like that. And then coming up and battling the Martians at night. And you had to wear, 
you know, face mask kind of a thing and that, that whole sort of thing. Um, and then that kind of happened for real. So TeslaCon got postponed. <laughs> so this year, uh, they're just um, redoing that, that whole thing, just kind of held it over. So November 4th through the 8th. Um, and we'll definitely be checking that out with Audi. And uh, we've got a number of other friends that are going to that. It's a huge, huge draw for the steampunk world. So uh, the nice thing is they, the way they do it, it's a, a full immersion weekend. So they go in and they even alter the hotel, um, replace paintings in the hotel, um, you know, wall hangings. Uh, they put uh, sound systems in the lobby and, and down the corridors leading to the convention space to lead you to feel like you're immersed in that particular world uh, for the event. And God, they just have uh, they have so many panels and demonstrations and hands-on things. Uh, it's just uh, usually a problem trying to figure out which one you're going to go to because there's so many good things held at, at one time. And then um, what Linda has up on the screen there is uh, the Saturday night of the con is kind of the big extravaganza show. So the whole theme builds up to Saturday night where they... Um, usually do this extravaganza that's kind of like a, a, a movie and you're, you know, you can be on an airship or it can be in the middle of the a Battle of Britain, for example, or maybe you're taking a, an airship into the center of the earth. That was one of the themes one year. Um, so it's, it's always fun. It's fascinating to see what um, uh, Eric Larson does. Uh, he's, <laughs> yeah, he used to work for uh, Disney years ago. Um, so he's uh, kind of a creative genius and, and uh, uh, force behind TeslaCon. And it's always amazing to see what he comes up with every year to keep it, keep it fresh and keep it new and keep it fun. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so there's, uh, there's a book series. Uh, so that's Eric Larson there on the, on the cover uh, in the front. And uh, he, he, uh, his character in all of these is uh, Lord Bombards. He's the prime minister of England. And the guy behind him there on the left is uh, uh, Procticus. He's uh, Dr. Procticus. He's the evil guy that's always battling the forces of good. And so there's always some, some battle going on um, uh, for the first 10 years of the con. So this will be the 11th year. And um, the, uh, the Procticus arc kind of wrapped up in year 10. So now we're starting a, a whole new theme this year. Uh, it'll probably go for another 10 years, I would guess. And uh, we'll see where, see where it takes us. So it's kind of fun. Uh, Linda and I didn't hear about TeslaCon until what, probably five, six years ago was the first time we went. And uh, I was already well into the, that first 10 year story. So it was easy to catch up. So you can come in at any point, but it's really kind of fun to be there at the ground, uh, at the groundbreaking of the new, the new season, or the, I think of it as a season, I guess, the new 10 year event. So we're looking great forward to that. So there's that, um, you know, we might do planet comic-con, uh, in Kansas city. Uh, just kind of depends on, is that in September? Does anybody know? Uh, no, I thought it was in August. August. So yeah, so August might be doable. Uh, we got a vacation <clears throat> planned in uh, in September. So um, yeah, that that would be a fun one. That's always a good one. A huge huge convention, lots of vendors, tons of stuff to see, 
tons of things to spend your money on. <laughs> Isn't that where somebody kind of got carried away with the uh, lightsabers? Yeah. I wonder who that lightsabers? was. Lightsabers? No. <laughs> that was Audie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's a scene from uh, one of the costume shows at Planet Comic Con. They're and, good too. There's a lot of really good costumes. Oh, yeah. You know, it I makes mean, you want to get into it. Those people really bring their A game. So if you want to go see some great costumes and some great cosplayers, uh, it's a great Midwest con to go hit up, check out. So, mm-hmm. so we'll probably do that again this year. Um, let's see. What else? Anything else coming up that we want to mention? If not, I can proceed into my science question that I have for yeah. our panel of science experts today. Did you guys want to talk about Jupiter's legacy? Well, we kind of mentioned it briefly, the fact that it's uh, been... Oh, yeah. yeah Chris had a... Had like I a have rant. a rant on that, actually. <laughs> Go off on that. <laughs> yeah, let's hit up on you that. Know, I mean, it really looked interesting. Of, yeah. We're talking about things coming back they're looking forward to this year. There's there's things that, that we seem to get introduced to that go away and then never come back. Right. Uh, and that's Jupiter's legacy. So I, I started this series... Uh, recently looking for something else to kind of get into. Uh, like I said, I watched just about everything. Um, and, and this show uh, basically covers um, a, a group of um, heroes with, with, with superpowers. Think, uh, you know, your, your Superman type abilities um, and their families, their kids uh, and, uh, you know, what their legacies left behind, uh, for them, what, what, uh, what their kids are going to carry forward as far as the torch and, and how they should be acting, uh, as superheroes, uh, against the villains and, and the world that this is kind of born into is the villains are no longer playing by the rules. Um, you know, the main, uh, the main guy, uh, uh they call him like a utopia, uh, utopian. Um, he, he has this golden rule that you don't kill. And the reality is uh, in this show, you have heroes dying left and right uh, because of their following the rules and, and not uh, killing the villains. And the villains are just out there killing whoever. Um, so the kids really struggle with that. The next generation of superheroes. And so there's this tear between the, the old way of uh, doing uh, the superhero work and the new way. Um, so they spend this series jumping between the current and the past. And um, when you get to the end, it kind of comes full circle and explains how the how these people got their powers um, and the stories that, that, that led up to it, which was kind of cool how they did it. Um, and then we get news recently that uh, Netflix has just decided to drop the show. Um, and, and that's disappointing because it just barely got started. It, it's a story mm-hmm. that, that, that they didn't even finish really uh, in season one. Uh, which was hugely disappointing and their lack of commitment to doing something for two or three seasons to actually get it some legs uh, is frankly at this point kind of pissed me off because it's not the first time we've seen it. Yeah, it's Um, kind of the same thing they did with the Irregulars. Yeah, same thing with the Irregulars. It says May May 7th, but yet we're just now into June and they've already decided not to go anymore? Correct. I don't get that. (laughs) So um, I... I'm a little bit concerned because I feel like we are getting a little bit of an overload of all these new series that are coming out. Mm-hmm. And when they're doing that, they are, I, I read somewhere they spent like 200 million making this. And, and if money is your issue, which for Netflix, that let's be real, that's not a lot of money. Um, 
if if you're Netflix, why are you spending so much on something you're not committed to? Right. Um, to me, that's an absolute waste of money. Now, it's worth saying they do plan on continuing Jupiter's Legacy story uh, from a different um, point of view or a different aspect. It's called like Super Crooks or something like that. They're going to do another series. They've already committed to another series, which I probably won't watch uh, just to say, screw you. Um, <laughs> okay. And keep in mind, like, this is where I'm at. I watch everything. I don't really care who makes it or the quality of it, but like, I don't want to watch these anymore if... Yeah um it's just going to dangle me off the, the edge of a cliff there and, and you're not really going to complete the story um so i have no faith in their commitment and, and that goes for netflix or any studio out there that can't commit on on finishing a story that they started that they right. put they put good actors in here and, right. and the production quality wasn't a plus you know this isn't like the hey, Avengers hey, it was an a minus it was it I, I will give it like a b or something like that how okay? dare you <laughs> but, but that's just to be fair. But my thing is, I didn't expect higher production quality because it was the first round. It was like a right. pilot, you know? Yeah. Uh, so when you give it legs, you start to see that production quality improve over time, right? Sure. You start to see yeah. any things that they didn't button up nice uh, in the first one as far as storylines or characters that maybe didn't develop as much as you would have wanted. Uh, you give them a couple seasons to fix that. And, and they didn't even get that far, which is disappointing because they had so much that they built into this world that they could have worked on uh, to at least in my opinion, you know, I could see that stretching three to five seasons at, at minimum. Um, and they just kind of killed it. And, and it was, it was very disappointing. And their only response was, yeah, we're going to move on. We're going to do in the same universe as Jupiter's legacy. We're going to do a different one based off of villains. And I feel like maybe this is, you know, Netflix is trying to throw stuff at the wall to maybe compete with the boys you know, which I think I think we've all watched and, and we've enjoyed. Um, and The Boys was, uh, in my opinion, a little bit better production quality. But at least for The Boys, whether you loved it or hate it, they, they got a few seasons to start out, um, regardless of how good or great you think the series started. And I think Jupiter's Legacy had potential and it was killed before it even got molded into what it could have been. Uh, yeah, it's, fr it's frustrating to uh, mm -hmm. spend the time to get into a new series. Yep only to have it end after the first season with a bunch of cliffhangers that you, you know, were hoping to, to get resolution to. And they just kind of leave you, leave the fans out hanging out to dry, which uh, I think. Right. I, I think it does a disservice to, um, you know, our community in terms of giving us something to cosplay, giving something to, to wrap around. Uh, you're, you're killing, you know, fan bases here that no longer want to engage with you yeah. Um, on any of these new types of series because you're not, you, you have a lack of commitment. Right. When you start setting that trend, it's disturbing because now we don't want to watch anything, you know? Right. And, it, you know, it gets to the point where you want to wait until there's three seasons of something out before you get started. Before you invest. Before you invest yeah. the time just so that you know you're going to have something to continue to watch but then of course if you're doing that it's less likely that these shows are going to last because nobody's right. going to be watching the first season so <laughs> right. it's going to be like our viewing ratings are so low and it's like well yeah because yeah. i don't know if you're actually committed to this <laughs> right and, and those who like made that decision i feel like they didn't take an account okay this came out may yeah um and that's a huge graduation time, transition sure. college time. Like people are just busy and maybe they're just trying to catch up. And generally it seems like we look at it on Netflix, like, oh, we'll come back to it and get into it eventually. And you yeah. see a lot of stuff that they had on their, their channel for a month or two. And then it suddenly gets really popular. 
Yeah. Well, and, and, Mm -hmm. and not just the graduations, but the fact that, you know, so many people have been vaccinated now and restrictions just are getting got lifted, out. and people can yeah. actually be outside socializing with each other rather than sitting home watching TV, which we've been doing it for the past year and a half, right, yep. as a way of getting through the pandemic. Right. Now people kind of want to get out, you know, they've got the cabin fever, they want to get out, they want to see people and do things. And, you know, uh, these shows would be sitting there when they come back in, but, you mm-hmm. know, now there's no incentive to watch, so... Yeah, so it's it's hugely disappointing. Um, I know the lead, the main actor, uh, crap, um, Josh DeHamel. Yeah, Josh DeHamel. Um, he plays uh, the Utopian. Uh, his name is Sheldon Sampson. He's basically the leader of the Utopians. Um, he even came out and said, "Hey, you know, I'm pretty disappointed in this." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and he even tweeted at uh, I think Hulu. Uh, you know, yeah. he tagged Hulu saying, hey, you know, somebody else wants to pick up this series. Uh, him and the cast, frankly, are open to continuing it. They, they want to. Yeah. They, they enjoyed the work that they did. They had a, you know, a good superhero gig, if you will. Um, and again, I, I when, when it comes to what Netflix wants to move on to, I don't care to watch it. You can yeah. take your super crooks and shove it because what are you going to give me a season or something and say that didn't work out either? And, and right. Move on? right. Um, and I, I, I do see, you know, series like, uh, I think Lucifer has been kicked around a couple of times, picked up by other uh, networks, and, and then they just continue where it left off. Um, I don't mind that. So if somebody wants to pick it up, yeah, so this was his rebuttal, right? A, a, this is a, his uh, picture in Hulu. like a, a hot hunk Santa, you know, yeah. for a year or something. This is kind of your, your photo for it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Santa he's, he's like, look, guys, I, I made girls. this for this series. You know, look at me, look at look at what uh look at look at what I symbolize here. And right. uh, he's like, if you want more of this, you know, support the series. Yeah. Uh, I can get behind that. You know, I'm gonna go find that and I'm gonna like like it and retweet it or something. But right. uh, I'm disappointed, and and they're disappointed too. And and it's not just us that that this is causing a problem with, right? This is gonna cause a problem with actors, right? The actors aren't going to want to be a part of Netflix or Hulu or HBO Max or Amazon um, or any of those these studios that can't give them a full commitment. So, well, um, you know, and it was kind of the same thing with the Expanse too, because Sci-Fi started that they had a huge hit on their hands, immensely popular, and then they just decided to cancel it. Now, fortunately, Amazon picked it up mm -hmm. and ran with it, and I'm glad they did properly. What's that? so they could finish it and finish yeah, it properly. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And uh, so thankfully that was done, but you know, it's this kind of this kind of thing where they they come out with these they put all this effort into coming up with these great ideas and these great actors and and the storyline and they get people invested and then they just they just drop it and it's just frustrating as hell. So Now, I will I this just kind of popped in my head as you're bringing that up. Um, I do wonder what kind of money is in selling the licensing to another studio when you do that. Yeah. So, you know, how much money, is there more money in it doing that than there is continuing to produce it on your own dime? Right. And and I wonder if that's something that, that, that might be done intentionally among some studios to say, Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to do a season and we're going to see who's interested in buying it from us. Right. Although if it's really crazy, awesome, then we're going to keep it. Yeah, right. yeah. If, if it really starts just printing mm-hmm. money, then we'll, we'll we'll hold on to it. But um, that seems like a pretty big gamble because I don't 
I mean, do you really hear, I mean, other than the expanse, I haven't really heard of too many shows like that being picked up by a, other um, mm-hmm. streaming services. I mean, but it, it I do think we're seeing like a trend of it happening more often than not. It used to not yeah. be a thing. A show would die. And then now a show gets canceled, but not really. It becomes a, maybe somebody will pick up the show. I mm-hmm. see. Yeah. You know, right. Uh, I do think we're seeing more and more of that. So I'm going to throw that out there. I wonder if there's some kind of financial incentive for doing it where, you know, you get paid on the license into that. I'll dig into that because I'm now kind of curious as to, you know, when the expanse was picked up by someone else, what kind of money was involved in that deal? Uh, when it happened with Lucifer, when it happened with a couple other shows, what, what was really involved in that show getting picked up by someone else? What did that mm-hmm. licensing cost? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we should definitely look into that oh and then uh something else we we're going to talk about the um that we talked about in a couple of past shows was the pentagon releasing their ufo report and um mm. i think i don't know that that's fully out yet but there were uh, there was some uh, talk on some of the morning shows about that this week and uh you know it struck me as kind of um a whitewash of the whole thing because they were yeah. mostly <clears throat> the the take on it on the morning shows was that, yeah, this is this is possibly um, some advanced drone technology being used by our adversaries, and if that's the case, we need to get to the bottom of it. And it's it's like, and if that's what they said, then they're completely ignoring the fact that right. right they've said multiple times when you talk to the people who are the Department of Defense who've come forward that. It is not possible to to be produced on this planet at this time. Right. Like as fast as these things are moving. Right. It's, you don't see these upside down flashing triangles going, our aircraft. Yeah, going from the ocean back into the sky. Right. Uh, that's not it's drone technology, but there's nothing to absolutely point towards our adversaries having that technology. Right. I mean, if they had technology like that, they'd have a lot more frightening uh, uh, war vehicles that we'd have to worry about than just drones, I'm sure. And not to mention what they would have already started doing commercially yeah, with right. that technology to mm-hmm. just make more money and to make their economy more powerful and to take control of the technology around the world. Yeah. I mean, if you have, if you can, <clears throat> if you can build drones that can fly at these fantastic speeds that some of these are recorded at a thousand miles an hour, great 2000 miles an hour. And, and not fall apart. Suddenly. Yeah. And then suddenly veer off at a right angle and not totally self-destruct. I mean, <laughs> you know, no, sorry. And I'm not buying it. If it were our foes with this technology and they're experimenting with it, why would they do that in the middle of a, carrier u.s carrier battle group. right they'd be testing yeah. that out in a in a secret base somewhere until they had it perfected mm-hmm. right maybe maybe not yeah sometimes it's to uh intimidate the enemy uh yeah. not so much intimidate but just to see what they do hmm. yeah you've got, yeah, you've got russia that will plan? just take a jet and fly it right up next to a limit that they know they should not be doing we'll do flybys or whatever just to yeah just to stir things up a little bit. And sort of a uh, Top Gun moment where they're flying inverted yeah. in a yeah. <laughs> jet over the other jet. <laughs> we were <Right>. inverted. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Oh my gosh, that scene. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
Now I can't get it out of my head. I know. Now I'm oh, thinking well, actually of uh, the Hot Shots. Remember that? Oh, yes, Hot Shots is yeah another yeah. insane one. <laughs> uh, so I I don't know I I I don't know what I want to believe here, but I also don't want to be ignorant that the DOD isn't always truthful either on what they have capabilities of and what um, other countries have capabilities of. I won't go so as far as to call them you know, always foes or anything like that. Um, I think I think we as Americans always kind of jump to the more dangerous side of things and more cynical viewpoint of it, you know? Yeah. We're always like, oh, what are they going to do? You know, our enemies have this crazy technology and and right. what are they going to do with us as opposed to like, you know, we, we need advances in surveillance. We need advances in a lot of things. And, and uh, um, you know, I, I, I don't jump to it could be something harmful but i mean it could be at the same time i, I don't know i don't have enough information to feel one way or the other is is what i'll say yeah. um do i believe that we need more information absolutely um do i believe it's something from this world i can't really say because i haven't none of nobody has claimed you know uh right. to see anything uh that can move like this does um but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist out there right um so we've seen so many cool technolo technological advancements over the last decade, even um, that we would be foolish to think that, you know, if it didn't come out of America, that, you know, it doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. Right. So some, some, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know which way to lean on that. Um, and, and I've seen commentary online of, you know, why would the um, DOD basically admit to, you know, there are things that we don't control in our own airspace um, and I'm like, well, just take that out of context or just, just take it out of the picture for now. It's not about that. We should be focusing on what is this? Where did it come from? Yeah. Let's not be like, oh no, we're not secure. Someone's going to sneak in here and, yeah. and, and, and drop bombs on us and we're not gonna be able to do anything about it. Like, don't, I mean, don't there's that to too, that. but. <laughs> well, and the other, the other option too, is that, you know, this may, might be a great way to help increase their, um, black projects budget. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that could be a thing too. Like, I mean, we could have made it, flown it out there, denied we had any knowledge of it, and then use an excuse to say, "Hey, we need twenty-five billion, we're twenty-five yeah. trillion to or study whatever, this phenomenon, to study this or get caught up on it. We need to replicate this technology." Um, you know, there could be a little bit of that too. Yeah, and uh, one of the comments uh, they uh, interviewed uh, some guy that was in charge of the military's project on uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon. And um, I think he was on 60 Minutes recently, too. Uh, but he had said that uh, the footage that we've seen so far is um, the least convincing yes. of their available yep. footage that they've got. So, I mean, if you look at this footage and you say, well, yeah, I don't know that it's it's not clear. I mean, they've got apparently a lot more convincing footage. And, and what's hilarious to me is, is some of the best commentary I've seen on that is you can't really make out what you're looking at in any of these things. And, and mm -hmm. it is, what year is it? It is 2021. My cell phone does a better job of capturing <laughs> uh, video for this. And you're telling me they don't have better tech on uh, these <laughs> right. jets or their ships where they're, where they're recording this information. Right. So how much of it is, is distorted uh, intentionally? Yeah. How much of it is you know, so I, you know, I take that piece of it with a, with a grain of salt that, that, you know, you can release this, but you can't give us the clear footage. 
Right. I mean, the, the things that we can capture on camera today from from a device in your hand is is incredible. You know, speaking to technological advancement. So, I mean, if this is the best we can do for capturing it, I mean, yeah, then maybe we we've got our head up our own asses. And <laughs> we just need to understand that you know there are people out there with better technology, and just yeah. because we didn't make it or it didn't come out of our labs, we're not aware of it, or we don't, you know, you can't buy it at a at a Best Buy or something that that right. it's out there. So. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know which side of the fence I'm on on it, but I am definitely skeptical. And I also would like to see more news from, uh, global sources, right? I want to see what, yep. what does Russia have? You yep. know, what is, what do people in, in anywhere in the world have? Not just what we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as, as far as footage on this type as far of thing? As footage. Yeah. 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 Right. And if they're all grainy, I'm just, I'm going to give up. I don't like. If it's all grainy <laughs> footage from all over the world, I'm like, come on! You're telling me someone did not catch capture this on like a 4K or 8K camera? All right, you're kidding me. Uh, the right. Men in Black stopped them from showing it. <laughs> right? yeah. There you go. All right. Well, um, I think uh, we have just enough time for my question, science question of the of the day. Um, <laughs> so, um, this has to do with with um, air-powered vehicles. So think of like a sailing ship, all right? Um, The wind's pushing on the sail and pushing the ship forward, right? So the question is, is it possible to have a wind-powered ship that can actually travel faster than the wind that's blowing it? No. Nope. <laughs> okay, we got two no's. Jenna's thinking. And she's thinking. Well, and she's thinking. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna change my answer to yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because All I right. said no, contrarian. No, uh the more I think about it, so if you have a wind-powered ship that's propelled by the wind, uh if that wind stops, it doesn't necessarily mean the ship stops. Well, so true. Okay. So I'm saying, okay, so let's assume a constant velocity wind, okay. 10 miles an hour. If you're going to say that, then no. Okay. So As, you no. mentioned a scientific question. So I started to think about the scenario. Yeah, so right. Saying, you yes. started to think about a tricky way that I was going to manipulate this. Yes. Okay. So, so surprise. Yes. Actually, <laughs> yeah. it can. And um, actually, uh, it, you can uh, you can watch this out on YouTube. Uh, the guy that does the Veritasium videos um, did this, and uh, so there was this guy that uh, proposed um, that this was possible, and everybody told him no, he was insane, and um, he said, "Well, people do it today. You can do it today with sailing ships. If sailing ships tack." they can actually end up going faster than the wind speed by tacking across the wind. Uh Okay. But nobody believed that it was possible to go with the wind and exceed the wind speed. And so this guy Uh said, well, okay. So if you can do it when you're tacking in a sailing ship and you're tacking sort of, excuse me, across the wind and you can go faster than the wind. He said, imagine a, the earth as a cylinder and you a giant cylinder right and you've got this ship on there and you've got a constant wind speed 
going down this cylinder 10 miles an hour and you've got this sailing ship that's tacking and it's kind of going in a corkscrew fashion around this cylinder earth right okay. and it can go faster than the wind and he said now imagine a sailing ship um, opposite that tacking in the other direction so it's doing a different kind of a corkscrew action yeah. and he said both of those ships are essentially moving they're tacking but they're moving faster than the wind because they can they can do that when you tack so he said what if we design a ship and so keep that window up of this the ship there linda we design a ship with this fan blade on it and the fan blade is uh duplicating the effect of two tacking ships by feathering this fan blade and um so the, there you'll see in the, if you watch this video that the arguments went on for a long time that this was impossible and they finally in order to prove it because he he constructed a scale model put it on a treadmill so that you know it wouldn't race off in his basement and then he put a fan behind it and the thing actually accelerated faster than the than the fan was blowing the wind. And everybody said, oh, it's a trick. You got wires, you're doing this. So they decided to scale it up to full scale and try it. And this thing actually ends up going faster than the wind speed. And what, what happens is they can feather these blades. So they start out with them kind of flat and the wind begins to push this thing and the blades start to spin a little bit. Now, as the wind spins this prop, there's a chain on it that drives the, the rear wheels. And uh, actually, sorry, the other way, I, I, I'm confusing it a little bit. So the wind's pushing this thing, the wheels start rotating. And as the wheels rotate, they turn the prop. And the prop actually acts as a fan pushing wind out the back. And uh, so what's happening is it's using the wind speed not only to move forward, but also to create this fan that pushes wind in the other direction. Bill, why does this have a hold my beer vibe? <laughs> yeah, it, you'll, you really need to watch the video. It's incredible. I would have I been right in the same boat with you guys and said, no, this is ridiculous. Physics says this is not possible. This can't be done, but actually it can, and it does work. And you will see incontrovertible proof of this if you watch that video. That, that's pretty cool because can you imagine then, because this is what we're struggling with, uh, a lot of supplies still go across the ocean by ship. Yeah. And you just accept yeah. that that's how fast those ships go because they, you know, it's a balance of moving this massive carrier yeah. Um, with fuel and not just burning through too much fuel to get it where it needs to on time. So if they do apply this to the supply chain where we can start moving uh, large amounts of items that much faster, it's it's going to be really incredible what could happen in yeah. terms of availability of and the, how much cheaper shipping could become. Yeah. Um, at the end of the video, it's, it's interesting because he kind of does the... Uh, the whole physics thing explaining how this whole thing operates and why it works. Um, and so that's, that's uh, the very interesting part to see as well as mm -hmm. why, why this actually works. And, um, but yeah, definitely uh, encourage people to go out there and watch it. Uh, it's Veritasium on YouTube. Um, and um, you'll, you'll uh, definitely um, 
just do a search for Veritasium. You'll see it. It's his latest video. And it was kind of funny because the, the actually the, he says the thing's kind of shoddily assembled because they did it on a super, super cheap budget. And he said, I feel like I'm in a writing in a coffin. And he's like, if this thing gets going too fast, um, oh, how do I stop it? And the guy goes, uh, just the, so there's a, there's the guy that built it. There's the other guy that now owns it. And they both are kind of like equal experts on the whole thing. And he says, how do I stop the thing? And the one guy was says, well, pull back on the feathering thing. And the other guy says, no, push forward on the feathering thing. And he goes, wait a minute. Both of you guys are disagreeing on how I stop this thing. And they said, well, just do whatever feels right at the moment. And he's like, what? <laughs> Which may be bailing and letting it crash into a rock. You don't right. know. That could right. feel right. it right at the moment. Right. Yeah. He was a little, a uh, little nervous taking the, taking the project on, but it was, uh, it was cool. I mean, I, you know, I love that channel. Uh, this guy does a great job of, uh, tackling uh, difficult science things and explaining it in a sort of a layman's fashion so people can understand what's going on. Uh, his, uh, his one on um, light speed and does light travel the same in all directions was fascinating. I think we talked about that on a previous show as well. So uh, well, yeah, definitely, definitely check out his channel. So. That's pretty cool. And I appreciate that you kind of see where mechanics and physics kind of come together right? Um, to, to just discard an equation or how we assume uh some things work just because of how it's written Always in a white been. paper somewhere well right you know? right let's uh let's build it and see what happens <laughs> yeah exactly and I, I love that kind of thing and i love that there's these entrepreneurs out there that are willing to invest this money to try to prove this type of thing and um just sort of uh sort of makes you you know think you know the even when you see stuff like this, that the conventional wisdom on, you know, uh, this these, is where uh, he goes. You can see he's actually going faster than the wind because of the stripe. And look at the wind sock. It's blowing the wind in the opposite direction. Blowing yeah. the wind that way. And you can see the, 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 uh, the nose cone there, that little uh, ribbon he has there is going the other direction. You can see as yeah, soon as he, he starts going faster than the wind speed. Boom. There he is. He's now faster than the wind speed. And there's the sock going the other way. <laughs> That is uh, a little bit nuts. Yeah, isn't it? That's the part where you're like, uh, what? <laughs> so in my mind, if you have a shit ton of money and you're not going to be Batman, you need <laughs> to be putting your money into cool stuff like yes. this and innovations. Yes. Because I'm tired yep. of seeing you all just putting your like right. your new watch that you bought or your new car or your house and vacations on Instagram. Let's right. see what cool science thing you're right. doing. Yeah, cool. There or should be thing. like a, a prize for this sort of thing or, you know, establish a, an ongoing thing where you have, you know, now that this is proven possible, now you try to encourage people to perfect it and to make, uh, you know, reduce friction in, in any possible way to make this uh, an even more viable technology. Right. Um, mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. If I was a billionaire, that's the kind of thing I'd be doing for sure. Uh, but other than, you know, also being a super villain, let's Well, see. there there is that. On the weekends. <laughs> you have to have your public persona and then your real persona, Jenna. Thank God we have Linda to keep you in check. Although Erin <laughs> and I discussed it. We think you're, you're, you're not a real boy thing that uh, uh, John would always 
yeah complain about because all the luck happens it's because you're the synergy that linda gives you <laughs> yes. so if she's not in the picture the spell is broken it sir. all goes to shit <laughs> she gives yeah. you the synergy that gives you all these fortunate things that happen to you like your gold coins and passes at planet comic-con yeah. linda hold her. up your left arm yeah <laughs> See, there's linda oh. she, she absorbs all the negativity oh yeah so without her synergy, then the real boy phenomenon doesn't happen for you. I think <laughs> you may be right there. I think you may be right. I think it's his turn to start taking the hits. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, was that All two right. or three years ago? You uh, messed up your wrist. Yeah, that's true. true. Yeah, about three years ago, I think it was. Yeah, I, I it wasn't there at the time. Fractured. I was there actually she was there we were on a we were on a taking a break from the office we were out went out walked Just around the park around the at work park. came back to the office and i tripped stepping up on the curb they'd put well, in a new uh his defense the curb they put in was way higher than they had redone the concrete there because it was all cracked and they put in the new curb and it was a lot higher than the old one and after you know 20 years of knowing how to step up on the old one i just misjudged <laughs> it went down fractured my wrist yeah, that was a, but it's a rough go. Yeah, shit happens. <laughs> exactly. All right. Oh, well, we weren't so soft. Yeah. Humans. Thank you guys. It's been a good discussion. Uh, a lot of fun as always. And uh we'll look forward to seeing everybody again in a couple of weeks. We'll have uh, some more fun stuff to talk about. And until then, take care and uh stay tuned to science and science fiction. Ta-ta. See y'all later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well. <laughs>